welcome to Grace Notes, an outreach of Sandbeck Concert Ministries. We've been studying about the reformation that occurred in King Hezekiah's day. It all began when the people of Judah recognized their sin, realized their need for God, and resolved to make him the Lord of their lives. They removed the defilement from the temple and reversed their evil practices. Then they reinstated the blood sacrifice for their atonement and repented of their sin. Now they were ready for the next step. On our last program, we learned that God commanded the priests and Levites to minister before him, or serve him in worship, before they performed their other duties. This is a very important element in bringing about revival, individual worship. With all these things accomplished, it was then time for the priests and Levites to instigate corporate worship. And what a time it was. Let's join our host, Barbara Sandbeck, as she takes us to the scene. The temple was the nation's worship and celebration center and served as the symbol of Israel's unity. King Ahaz did not worship Jehovah God and he didn't want his people to either, so he closed the temple doors, put out the lamps, and had the articles used in worship taken away. The nation sank into evil practices and disunity. God removed his presence and his hand of blessing from them. But King Hezekiah followed God and wanted his people to do the same. He understood the need for them to come together again to celebrate and worship the Lord in the temple. The priests and Levites consecrated all the articles that King Ahaz had removed and placed them in front of the Lord's altar. Then they offered a sin offering for all Israel. Now everyone was prepared for worship. But it had been so long since they'd done it, they had to be shown. Is it possible that we may need a lesson on how to worship God too? Let's read from Second Chronicles, starting at verse 25, and see what God considers acceptable worship. Hezekiah stationed the Levites in the temple of the Lord with cymbals, harps, and lyres in the way prescribed by David and Gad, the king's seer, and Nathan the prophet. This was commanded by the Lord through his prophets. So the Levites stood ready with David's instruments and the priests with their trumpets. Hezekiah gave the order to sacrifice the burnt offering on the altar. Well, what do we learn from this? The most important thing is that there are prerequisites for proper worship. Worship was to occur in a definite place inside the temple. For believers in Christ, Romans 12:1 says, Our bodies are God's temple. When we receive Jesus as our Savior, God accepts His finished work at the cross as atonement for our sin, and He places the Holy Spirit in us. We don't have to go to a physical sanctuary to worship God. His sanctuary is in our heart and mind. Worship was to come from a pure heart. Just as the temple needed to be cleaned, we need to keep our temple clean. Psalm 66, 18 says, If I regard iniquity or sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. When we confess our sin, Jesus is faithful to forgive and cleanse us. Don't try to worship with sin in your life. Worship begins in our heart where we glorify Him with the beauty of holiness. We will glorify the King of kings. We will glorify the Lamb. We will glorify the Lord of lords, who is the great I Am. Lord Jehovah reigns in majesty. We will bow before His throne. We will worship Him in righteousness. We will worship Him alone. 
There is a definite posture we should take toward worship. John 4.24 says, They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Unless we study God's Word to know the truth and are guided into it by the Holy Spirit, our worship will not be acceptable. Satan poses as an angel of light, but he is the father of lies. We need to be careful about what spirit is guiding us. Our worship must be pleasing to God. Hebrews 12.28 says, Let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Did you catch the definition? It says, Let us be thankful and so worship. Worship is a grateful heart. That pleases God. When we take time to consider who He is and what He's done for us, worship should be a natural response from an excited heart. The temple was beautifully adorned so that people could see how awesome God is. Our temple is adorned with the Holy Spirit's presence. We should feel reverence and awe just knowing He lives inside us. Reverence is respect, and awe is a sense of wonder or admiration. It's interesting that an antonym for the word wonder is indifference. Indifference occurs when we give Him no mind. We need to think on God's goodness. Worship involves the intellect or the mind as well as our emotions, the heart. Why do you think God ended the verse with, For our God is a consuming fire? In Old Testament times, when sacrifices were pleasing in God's eyes, what did He do? He completely and utterly consumed them with fire. He did the same thing to the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah when He saw how grievous their sin was. God has strong feelings about how we worship. Worship is serious business. How dare we enter it lightly? King Hezekiah followed the instructions commanded by the Lord through his prophets. There is a prescribed way for worship. The end does not always justify the means. Take the story of King Saul, for example. God had told him to attack the Amalekites and totally destroy them and all their belongings. But instead, Saul spared their king and everything that was good. In 1 Samuel 15, the Lord confronted him through Samuel the prophet. Saul said that he'd taken the best of what was devoted to God to sacrifice them to him. Oh, it sounds like a good thing to do, doesn't it? But what was the Lord's reply? Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. The Lord was grieved that he had made Saul king, and he even said that his disobedience was like the sin of divination and the evil of idolatry. We must come to worship God with obedient hearts, willing to do things His way. And we must be prepared for worship. Hezekiah stationed the Levites in the temple of the Lord with their instruments, and they stood ready for the command. So often we go to worship unprepared. We haven't taken time to dress ourselves with our armor so we can ward off the interruptions or darts from the devil. We fall prey to distractions and aren't able to communicate with God. Ephesians 6.11 says, Put on the armor of God that you may be able to stand against the devil's schemes. Worship is a verb. We must participate in it. It's not a feeling we wait for God to give us. And true worship demands a sacrifice. Abraham understood this. He was willing to sacrifice the thing he loved the most. Genesis 22.5 says that when he saw the place where he was to offer up his son Isaac, he told his servants that he was going there to worship the Lord. 
Hezekiah instructed the use of a burnt offering as the Lord had commanded. The burnt offering was a voluntary act of worship, an expression of devotion, commitment, and complete surrender to God. Complete surrender is giving God your heart. Without a heart, a body can't function. A burnt offering was wholly consumed. As we let God wholly consume our body, His thoughts will be our thoughts and His words our words. Matthew twelve thirty four b says, Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Psalm nineteen fourteen is a fitting verse to describe worship. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And we close with Hebrews thirteen fifteen and a beautiful song. Let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name. Oh, oh, oh.
to Grace Notes, an outreach of Sandbeck Ministries, a family dedicated to the spreading of the truth of God's Word. This is a non-profit, listener-supported broadcast. Your letters and contributions will encourage and support the furthering of this ministry. To contact us, write to Sandbeck Ministries, P.O. Box 581, Falston, Maryland, 21047, or email us through our website at www.sandbeckministries.com. That's S-A-N-D-B-E-K ministries.com. Join us on our next program. Until then, let your grace notes be a song of praise. Praise.